when I think about this kind of midlife milestone, there are a lot of paradigm shifts in how we actually diagnose. And I'll use that in the medical parlance. Historically, you do your blood work. And if your FSH, which stands for follicle stimulating hormone, is not on the rise and your estradiol or estrogen levels are not going down, then you're not in menopause. Well, that's out with the wash blotter. That sadly is still done by many. And that's the dismissal part. You know, let's say you're 41. Oh, your labs are fine. You know, it's not a lab diagnosis. There's so many things that constitute menopause. Hello. It's time for the Menopause Collective. We've got Dr. Susan Baumgartel, all the way fresh from Seattle, and we are moving through menopause. Today's topic, menopause, getting a diagnosis. This is a bit of a minefield, has to be said. Got a couple of different perspectives, June with her kinesiology approach and Dr. Susan with a medical approach and uh, me, your host, Philippa, and, you know, I was perimenopausal, not knowing quite what to do with myself and going to my doctor here in the UK who kind of, you know, well, yes, it's, you know, this is what's happening. It's that time of life. I might have been offered HRT and, and at that time been a little bit unsure whether that was a path I wanted to, to tread along, but really... You know, I think what I'm beginning to understand, the more that I have these conversations, if we have a better understanding of what is happening with our health, then we've got more options to, to decide how to tackle our health situation. And, and we know there's so many symptoms. How many is it now? I know it's, it's just getting more every day. 34, a list of 34 symptoms that can include the mind, the mood, the physical sensations that are going on in our bodies, getting overheated, getting aches and pains in places you didn't used to have them, the genitourinary symptoms that are associated with menopause. So there's this whole host of symptoms. And, and if we have only 10 minutes with our doctor and we have to pick one, then that's when it starts to go very slightly awry. Susan, let's let's start with you. A menopause a diagnosis. What would what would you say? I would kind of drift back to the teenage years for a moment. And I would draw a parallel between puberty and menopause. So when you think about a child that's going through puberty, we kind of know what that is, right? For girls, you know, they're getting their breast buds, maybe they're getting a little acne, they're getting hormonal, God forbid they get a period. You know, where all these things are happening, they're still growing and developing. And it's not a day, it's not a week, it's months, it's probably years. Well, it's not like menopause is puberty backwards, but there's a lot of analogies. You know, there's a time frame, it's months, it's years, sometimes decades. It's a natural journey. We all do it. There's no precise onset. There's no precise end, naturally. Puberty, there kind of is. You kind of move through puberty, you know. You don't do blood work on a kid going through puberty. You know what they're doing. You know, it's, it's pretty obvious. And there are many hallmark signs and symptoms. You know, I don't even categorize 32, 28, 12. It's just anything and everything happens. And so I think that that's the one thing that I like to crystallize is that this is something that shouldn't just be considered like an illness process or, you know, oh gosh, this is horrible. This is absolutely natural. And I use that word in a, in a, in a different way. 
So when I think about this kind of midlife milestone, you know, there are a lot of paradigm shifts in how we actually diagnose, and I'll use that in the medical parlance. So historically, and, and honestly, a lot of docs did this, you know, you, you do your blood work, and if your FSH, which stands for follicle-stimulating hormone, is not on the rise, and your estradiol or estrogen levels are not going down, then uh, you're not in menopause. Well, that's out with the wash water. You know, there, that, that to me, sadly, is still done by many, and that's the dismissal part. You know, let's say you're 41. Oh, your labs are fine. You know, it's not a lab diagnosis. There's so many things that kind of constitute menopause. It's a, it's a long time frame. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's important to establish when you're talking about a diagnosis. It's not like we're diagnosing pneumonia, like we better diagnose it, treat it, or you're going to be in trouble. This is a journey. And I think that lends itself to a very different approach in terms of diagnosis. Okay. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree. And I've seen that with, with patients of mine who've gone, I'm feeling like I've got to be menopausal. And yet I've gone to the doctor and they said, no, 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 you're fine. And they come back and they go, well, now I'm doubting my own observations. I'm doubting my own intuition. And I'm going, no, 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 you have to trust your intuition. If you feel like you are, then you probably are. But then we can check with the kinesiology and do some muscle testing. But but that, the other thing, I mean, like you say, this has always been my 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 bother with the hormonal tests because they pick a few, but there's this complicated interrelationship between all of the hormones in the body, including the ones that are in the digestive system, which a lot of people don't really realize that are there. And and I think what would be really nice is if we could have a comprehensive assessment on a fairly regular basis. I mean, I know when I grew up in Canada, we used to always have a once a year checkup. Now, I don't know if they're still doing that over there, if they're doing that in the States. But if, if you know where someone's basic normal benchmark is, then you can tell when they've gone off it. But if you measure them against some random, not even random, it's not random, it's arbitrary even, if it's normal, then there's going to be an average you know, in the middle, but then there's all these people on either side of it and be at very different levels of hormones and still have symptoms because for them, it's a big change. Is that making sense? Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. The range of normal. (laughs) And that's the thing, isn't it? It's not a spot. It's a range. And and some of us will be sitting further down one end or higher up on the on the spectrum. And so shifts from our normal and not always necessarily demonstrated, as you say, in blood work, but may well be evident in, in our symptom picture that we perceive. I would say, and I completely, I agree with what June is saying, but I would kind of go a little further out kind of daringly so and suggest that, and I'm just speaking really about American culture, where everybody wants a test and they want it yesterday and they want it paid for, they want it free. So if we could get away from testing, that would be a gift to many women because I think often there's nothing wrong with tracking, like especially if you're diabetic and you're watching your glucose and so forth. 
But it, it somehow feeds into the, dare I say, neuroticism, this kind of like obsession about what's the number. Oh, it's a little too high. Oh, it's a little too low. Oh, no wonder that's how I feel bad. Like, let's go back and look at kind of, you know, again, reframing this journey of menopause that we have to process. We don't have to mark everything as a data point. There are definitely good use of lab tests. You know, if you're 62 and you're having periods, there's something fundamentally strange. We need to know what's going on. Maybe need some calcium. You know, I mean, if you have bleeding and it's been two years after menopause, we call it dysfunctional uterine bleeding, you've got to get that checked out. If you're 38 and you stop your periods, that's that's early. You know, so there's there are many different ways, and those are just examples of yes, to dive in, use science, get some data, look at the labs, track things, being very careful. But for the for the vast majority of women going to menopause, I think that it's almost a disservice to kind of focus on the lab because I treat the patient, not the lab. Yeah, there is a bit of an obsession over here with getting tests for all sorts of things, scans for this, you know, MRIs, CT scans, all the stuff. They want to know what the machine says. People want to know what the feedback, because I think we've been led so far away from trusting our own instincts that we need to get back to that. Again, totally agree. And I think we need to, to get back to where people can trust their own judgment and to notice and to know what feels right for them. Then, then be happy with that and just manage it. And there are ways to manage it. There are loads of lovely ways to manage it. Yeah, that's true. So this, this diagnosis, for the most part, is made on a set of symptoms that we might experience. And that, that is appropriate for the, for the, for the vast majority of, of people. And so the outliers, we've, we've talked about premature it might be worth getting some investigation because prematurely being low in estrogen has ramifications in the longer term for our health. So it is important under those circumstances to appreciate what's happening in the body hormonally and, and similarly at the other end of the spectrum. But, but for women who are falling within the, you know, what would be considered that normal time frame, to be experiencing a set of symptoms, then, then the diagnosis is made on the set of symptoms, and that is entirely appropriate. Now, the, the question comes that once we have that information and we know that we're, we're not too young for it to be happening and we're not too old to be bleeding, it's kind of like, well, then what? We might seek out assistance from a physician to have support as we navigate this journey with with symptoms. And so, unfortunately, here our experiences are varied. Is is what I will say, and probably everywhere in the world. But you know, to to have some sort of standard of care that we can live to expect when we feel like we need support and and guidance, that that we we get it. I'm kind of happy with what you say. Uh, and I think you're quite right. It, it is navigating this path between a propensity for wanting answers. You know, I think this is very human of us to feel actually, you know, the unknown really undermines our psyche. Mm-hmm. And, and if we look at fluctuating circumstances in the broadest sense, you know, this really undermines us and, and we don't. We just don't like it as people. So we have that drive to seek, you know, answers, 
answers. We, we want definitive answers. And, and, you know, I guess, you know, a bit like Susan said, Western medicine has got so good at, at giving us answers in lots of different areas now. Mm-hmm. They're not always, it's not always good for us to know these answers. And, and I liked what you said, uh, June, in a way about, you know, we don't know what's been happening to us in terms of all these investigations over the years, because mm-hmm. obviously what I'm most familiar with is MRI scans and x-ray results. And that's something that people will come waving their MRI results and, and x-ray scans at me. And, and so what I know is what we've got is a, a picture of them on that day and probably lying down, even not, you know, not even standing up. So how much we interpret from those results mm-hmm. and, and how that affects us can be, can be profound, actually. And, and it can go either way. And yet it's the same information. So the same information delivered to hundreds of different people will affect them all slightly differently. Yeah. Uh, you know, for some, it's so frightening that, that they go into that place of being too afraid to do anything and move and thinking that they shouldn't move. And then for others, it's a sort of wake-up call, you know, and maybe it's time to take action. You know, and this is where, uh, I guess, test results are, are never going to take account of all our individual quirks and, you know, long-lived individual quirks. But, you know, you just can't legislate for that, can you, is, is the thing. So actually, kind of in a good way that menopause is a diagnosis made based on a set of symptoms. It's not necessarily a bad thing that that is what happens. And, and then, of course, the management piece of the puzzle, I think Susan alluded to this, that we are, needless to say, all totally individual. So then it, the management, needless to say, tailored to the individual needs of that particular person. And so there, is, there isn't really one magic pill. This is what we, we kind of keep coming on. Exactly. <laughs> My my perspective is always that it's got to be individualized treatment and individualized understanding of a person's whole situation. And I'm going to bring in the word holistic. It's been much overused in some respects because I don't think people have fully grasped what it actually means. But I think to certainly our current environment is full of hormone disrupting chemicals. Mm. cannot address the internal condition of someone's body without considering that. And like Susan said, every blood test is only a snapshot of how that blood is in that given moment. That particular piece of blood they've taken out of you, the next bunch that comes along is going to maybe say something different. And it's the same with my muscle checking or my pulse taking. That's just good for that moment because we are a different person every time we get up in the morning. We have to, we have to navigate this. And I think this is like you said, Philip, everybody wants answers. And they want solutions and they want their symptoms fixed. And so they can just get on with their lives. But in actual fact, it isn't about that. It's about navigating and and it's a whole life lesson, really. Yeah. Actually, I can riff off of what June said because I really believe in that. And you've heard about the carrot and the stick, right? Mm. Yeah. The carrot could be money for someone who wants to get that goal. Well, I think there's a carrot and a stick here. So if you could, if you have a conversation with a woman who's journeying through menopause, wherever phase they're in, 
look at the reward at the end. Now, the end could be years away, but there are so many rewards when you've journeyed through that, that midlife. You know, I can rattle off a few, like, no more periods. That's probably good. <laughs> you know, wisdom. I actually, honestly, think we have more wisdom. Yay, women. You know, fewer mood swings, you know, things are stable. You don't have all those hormone fluctuations. And you focus on aging with intent, you know, not just kind of getting through menopause. So, so there's much kind of ahead. That journey ahead is pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, I think that that could also be kind of a motivator to say, hey, this is just a phase in your life. And yes, yeah, some symptoms are absolutely drop dead. You know, if you can't sleep at night and you're up every hour and you have zero ability to think the next day and your life is catastrophic, you can't just whimsically say, oh, someday I'll be wise. No, you have to fix those, th- those symptoms. So I don't want to be too cavalier, but, but it really is kind of coming back to a grounding perspective on this allow women to feel like they're not crazy when they have all these things going on and then address all those individual components as they come along, but don't make them so big that they are, they're just kind of got to have a test for that. <laughs> well, this is yeah. back to the, the tale thing about respect for older women. And, and this is where culturally, sadly, our cultures have not done that. Other more ancient cultures have. And wise old women were respected. And I think if we can somehow work towards that, holistic in the whole sense of the word, environment, culture, your house, your food, your habits, and how your stress levels, of course, your cortisol and your adrenaline, will affect all your other hormones. And it, it is about all the whole thing being looked at together. But if we could encourage women to think about themselves being the wise old crone. It's absolutely something to look forward to, but there's this message that, oh, you're done. You're no use anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's so not true. Yeah, I so agree with that. I'm getting close to 60 and I feel like I'm 20 years younger. I feel that I have this joie de vivre. I feel like there's excitement and yes, there's going to be many hurdles along the way. Of course, it's called life. One thing I wanted to get back to is kind of the definitions, you know, perimenopause, premenopause, postmenopause. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to many women, let's say they're my age or they're, you know, mid-60s, and they say, oh, menopause, that was years ago. I say, well, you're postmenopause till you die. And it's like, oh, really? <laughs> so finish menopause, you're a postmenopause, you can be 90, you're still postmenopause. So, you know, that word menopause can be a little bit of a misnomer sometimes. And I think that's where we can reclaim our journey, reclaim our wisdom, and be proud of what we're doing and what we've gone through, what we've navigated, and come back on top. And I think, you know, that's a perfect segue back to Philippa, because getting movement in your day and being physically fit in a way that allows you to do things you want to do is of paramount importance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it is because, you know, I, I absolutely have that same feeling that you do, Dr. Susan, which is a feeling of like you've come out the other end and that there is a whole new world of possibilities. And, you know, they talk about the fog of puberty and, you know, those teenage hormones driving them <laughs> crazy. And, and you know, menopause was a lot like that for me. And so now the, 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 the stability 
is really quite an opportunity, you know, that those monthly fluctuations that uh, would disable me for, you know, periods at a time. I don't have that anymore. And and a whole lot of optimism and positivity around a future that's full of full of possibilities. And But, you know, what makes it so possible is knowing that at this stage of life, and I'm, I'm 55, 56 next birthday, so I know it's still young... <laughs> Isn't it? it? Yeah, the fact that I can touch my toes without any difficulties. I, I'm not bragging here. It's just, you know, this is proud. No, be oh, very uh, proud. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. But it, it takes work is the problem. And, you know, I said only this week that we get away with, with our bodies, not even hardly noticing them for so long. And then you kind of start to creak a little and you start to become aware that your feet are getting further away. The top shelf is higher than you remember and itching between your shoulder blades becomes a, a bit of a, a, a dance. So this is, this is the time. This is the time we, we can move at this time of life and benefit more if, as much if not more than if we'd never done it ever before. So grasp the nettle is what I say. Mm. And and really, you know, take the bull by the horns. You were talking about, oh, what was it? The wise woman, you know, I'm going down, kicking and screaming. That is that is what's happening for me. I, and I will be wise. Okay, I'll, I can be wise, but I'm, I'm definitely not going quietly. So, yeah. um, you know, and this, well, this is very what we want. We, we can, we actually give ourselves permission to say, how we feel about stuff and just go, no, I'm not putting up with any nonsense. You're going to listen to me. <laughs> and so, you know, I feel like that's the, the wise old crow's job is to say, look, come on, cut the crap. <laughs> cut the crap with kindness. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And that, and that kindness starts with kindness to oneself. And I think that that is hard to do for many younger, what, 20s, 30s, 40s, and however, you know, you want to expand that. To someone who don't actually know that in their 60s or 70s, or think you will promote more of that kindness to yourself, then you can relax and share that wisdom. And, you know, it's also taking away the shame because some women have shame about, you know, their different cultural aspects of menstrual periods or going through menopause or what it means to age. And so, you know, we're just sharing our own personal intimate experiences, but it really is, I, I come back to if we can get better dissemination of information, better access and have women, parents, men, and everyone, families understand what we are, have gone through or going through or will go through, it makes it a little bit easier. But really, it all comes back to how you process that in yourself. And it's a self-journey. We come into this world alone. We leave a world, this world alone. And if we can share that wisdom as we get older, I think that's really key. Mm. That, that is really key. And this kindness to ourselves, we know that women are doing more than ever before. Working women, women raising families and still having to come home and cook the dinner and do the vacuuming on the weekends and, you know, all the rest of it. And, and so finding time for yourself in that busy agenda can, can be a challenge. But what we know is that small things can make a big difference. And, and so find some little piece of time for you this weekend 
you know, even just begin to think, what is it that I would like this to feel like? You know, because if we have to start to understand what yeah. what is it that we feel right now and what would we rather like to feel instead, perhaps, or as well yeah. as. So, you know, spend some time daydreaming and and come up with something that you would like to incorporate but maybe new or something old that you used to do. And if it's moving all to the good, you know, and, and short, short is fine. Keep it short, keep it manageable, tag it onto something that you already do with whatever it is you want to change in your life. Think of something that you're going to do anyway, every day, and then tag it onto that. It might be every time you go to the car, it might be when you brush your teeth, it might be when you boil the kettle and, and you know, little things, just make a change and suck it and see, like the pick and mix, try lots of different things and uh, eventually something will invariably stick. That is, that is what I would say to you today. So I hope you ladies are in agreement. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Oh, it's been lovely. Thank you so much. Take care. Have a fabulous rest of your day and hang in there, everybody. Bye.